Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts. No more solution. No no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. There was no pain. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on... On life's biggest moves simplified. Hey, what does it take to be the number one irons in golf? Well, if you ask the engineers at Callaway, they'll tell you one thing, innovation. And they would know because Callaway's face cup technology has made them the number one irons in golf. The face cup technology that makes their irons tremendously powerful actually came from their fairway woods 
and hybrids, which incidentally, those fairway woods and hybrids continue to outperform the competition. Face cups dramatically increase ball speed across the face, and the second Callaway started engineering irons with face cups, everything changed. Golfers started seeing tremendous gains in distance and forgiveness, and of course, the engineers at Callaway keep on innovating. Steelhead, Big Bertha, and Apex irons are all powered by Callaway's game-changing face cup technology, and they've all made Callaway the number one irons in golf. To learn more about the technology behind the number one irons in golf, go to CallawayGolf.com. Callaway, the number one irons in golf. At the first tee, it's the little things in life we pick up. Hey, thank you. That make for a successful future. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Oh, you dropped this. Because little things can carry a big impact both on and off the course. Hey, thanks. To learn more, visit thefirsttee.org. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with the new fall arrivals from Mizuno. Discover layers of feel with the new MP20 range. The MP20 is the ultimate muscle back. The MP20 MMC uses multi-material construction for legendary feel and performance. And the MP20 HMB is a playable set of hollow, tungsten-enhanced irons for many skill levels. Let us help you get custom fit for free today. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. The second nine, the finishing holes, the closing stretch. It starts now. Here's the back nine, our number two of Real Golf Radio. With the steady, stripe it down the middle, make every putt because it's in your blood, Bob Casper. And that better lucky than good handled dragon flipper, Brian Taylor. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome in. It's hour number two, the back nine of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks for joining us here. 20 years talking golf with you here on the radio. What a privilege and a pleasure it is to be with you each and every week. You can find us at Twitter, at Real Golf. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Real Golf, as well as as our website at realgolfradio.com. And you can check us out on Instagram. Facebook, we're there under Real Golf Radio. Just uh, take a take a look there, and uh, as well as all of your podcaster sites. Thanks for accessing the show. Also, welcome in our audience on the Dan Patrick Sirius XM channel two eleven. Always a pleasure to be with you here on hour number two, the back nine of Real Golf Radio. We got a good one for you. Jeff Rude is a good friend of ours and a longtime golf writer. Always uh, a privilege to visit with him. And this one. Kind of about Jeff and his time and the opportunities that he had as a golf writer covering over 100 major championships. Imagine that, including 82 consecutive. We're talking four majors a year, 
82 consecutive. This guy was everywhere. Bit of an intimidating figure at times. Very opinionated, but also really gracious and appreciative of the opportunities that the game and his job presented him to be around this great game, including some great stories about Hogan and Nelson. And, and of course, that prompted us to bring back one of our favorite interviews of the 20 years that we've been doing Real Golf Radio, and that was speaking with Lord Byron Nelson shortly before his passing from that very ranch where he got it all started. Telling us about how the Byron Nelson tournament began. Telling us about how he got ready for that 1945 year and and all that went on with that. Just some tremendous stuff. And I think conversation with uh, Jeff Rude will set a little more context even even so um, for that that interview. And that's why we decided to bring that up. So that's still to come here on the back nine, hour number two. Pretty special stuff, really. We we love it. Hopefully you enjoy some nostalgia with us. Yeah, it is. It is special. This, Like you said, this has kind of been a nostalgia show. We've talked about... Um, you know, yardage books in today's game and, and, and what it was like early on. Um, Jeff Rude, um, going to be talking about some great stuff about, uh, covering all those, uh, major championships. You know, you think about that. We've been on the, this is our 20th year, uh, with real golf radio and Jeff Rude covered 20 and a half years of majors straight uh, and over a hundred. So, um, pretty interesting, pretty great stuff. Uh, and Jeff is a great guy. Yeah, we'll hear from him coming up next. Thanks for joining us. Brian and Bob with you right here on Real Golf Radio. You love crushing the long ball. Well, so do the pros. That's why they play Callaway, and that's why Callaway is now the number one driver on major tours worldwide. Led by the Epic Flash, with Flash Face technology, Callaway used artificial intelligence to completely maximize distance and deliver ball speed you didn't even know was possible. Basically, they used crazy science to solve very important things like hitting more bombs. What a world. Go own the tee box like the pros. Build your epic flash driver today at CallawayGolf.com. The new Chrome Soft is better from tee to green. To maximize control, you need a ball with a soft, thin cover. Chrome Soft has a tour urethane cover, which feels incredible. Under the cover is the mantle. The guys in R&D at Callaway have tuned this layer to produce a more penetrating ball flight from 50 to 125 yards. Distance control in the scoring zone is everything. More control means more birdies. And I like birdies. This is the dual soft fast core. So what does it do? It produces ultra low spin off the driver for incredibly fast ball speed yet the core is still soft enough for you to compress the ball off the long irons. It's extremely soft and extremely fast. That's the secret behind Chrome Soft. The new Chrome Soft from Callaway. It's the ball that changed the ball. We just changed the putter. Now you need to change yours. A multi-material shaft enabled a radical shift in weight distribution, resulting in a putter designed to improve your actual stroke. Because a better stroke helps make more putts. This is a stroke of genius. Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. At the first tee. We believe a good grip can be the foundation for success both on and off the golf course. We don't just teach golf, we teach life skills. 
and help drive young people to be the next generation of great mentors. To learn more, visit thefirstd.org. Callaway Senior Director of Brand Management, Dave Neville. What makes Jaws the most aggressive groove in golf? What really grabs the ball where you get the spin from is the edge of the groove. We've been able to make a really, really tight edge radius using some of the proprietary tools that we have. And then in between each groove, we have that groove and groove technology, which are little micro positives that help grab the ball. So you have these 84 contact points on the face to grab the ball and just give you a tremendous amount of spin. Order Jaws today at CallawayGolf.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. And this segment brought to you in part by Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Go to Odyssey Golf when it comes to WGC events, major championships, and the biggest tournaments and tours in the world. More players choose Odyssey than any other putter in golf. Check out Odyssey Golf. Dot com. They also got their custom shop, and then Phil Mickelson, uh, among others, making some noise with this new high MOI stroke lab putter that is Ooh. yet prototype. High MOI stroke lab proto that is uh, being used out there to, to roll the rock. So I uh, imagine we'll be seeing that coming out full release before too long. And uh, Kevin Na, by the way, did not use that particular putter. No. But he did have a Toulon putter in the back, and he yep. was filling it up. What a win oh, for him he, in Vegas last week, huh? He was filling. He was he was feeling good. Didn't play as good in uh, the final round as he did in the the first three rounds, but he was able to hold off Patrick Cantlay in that playoff. Made made that nice putt for par on the 18th hole, and Cantlay missed his. So unfortunately, didn't get the win. But uh, Kevin Na gets gets another one on the PGA tour. That guy's overcome some stuff. You know, you think about it, you know, I mean, for, from the almost had the yips, couldn't even take the club back oh, I know. Uh, yeah. to the slow play, you know, all the stuff that p- sort of plagued him and he's risen above it. He's overcome it. He, he works on playing fast. He has gotten rid of the, the little yips and he's come on to win here uh, it, twice now in the last, what, six, seven months. So yeah, uh, really cool. And congratulations to Kevin Na, uh, uh, for, know- yeah. You know what I love about Kevin? I love it when he hits a putt and he's he's walking after it, like before the ball goes in the hole. I I love that. I think that's awesome. That's one way to speed things up. Yes, it is. Why circle back and do a big old fist pump and you know roar like Tiger? Just follow that thing into the cup and just take it out, just as it lands, man. Yep. Pick it's it awesome. like pick it like it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's good stuff. You know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, Henrik Stenson, who's had to say goodbye to his magical three-wood after nine yes. years when he finally caved it in, and he's trying to work through that. And, you know, you, you talk about how far he can hit that three-wood and how far these things go. And and here's a thought that came to me. Would you rather play a golf course, you know, because, again, uh, slow play and the distance and whether the ball mm-hmm. should be rolled back. Johnny brought that up last week again. Um you know, distance was always a topic. And I got to think, would you rather play a golf course that's too short or too long for you? Now, let me tell you what I'm thinking. So okay. if they're saying that the ball is going so far and that these guys are just hitting driver wedge or it's so long that you can't even hit driver anymore, the, the golf course is obsolete. The guys are hitting irons, three woods, hybrids off the tee on par fives, par fours. Uh, would you rather play a golf course like that or would you rather play a golf course that's too long for you? And I thought about 
this whole concept because caddying for your dad in 2005 masters. Mm-hmm. I remember on 14, he ripped a drive for him. Granted he yeah. was 70 years old. He yeah. ripped a drive and he had to hit his five wood, which is his next longest club in the bag and couldn't get home. So he knocked that thing up there just short of the green. He chipped it up there and tapped it in for par. It was a heck of a par. Let me just tell you what that was. Uh, there's not a player in the field wouldn't have taken that all week long, but sure. he couldn't get home on most of the par fours at Augusta at his age with a fairway wood. And mind you, he's playing from the championship tees. So he's playing from the tees where the young guys are playing. Exactly. But that my point is that golf course was too long for him. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so like, if that was the case, and this is obviously one of the greatest of all time, but way past his prime, way late in his years when he doesn't have the speed and distance he once had. Correct. Would, he needed technology. He needed a shorter golf course. He didn't need, need tees moved back, and he didn't need the golf ball rolled back. And I just, it, it didn't look very fun. That's what I'm saying. I would, not, I would rather hit irons off the tee. I'd rather hit a five iron off the tee and a nine iron or eight iron into the green and play around a golf that way than I would hitting driver and hybrid or fairway wood into par fours. And yeah. well, it does become a more enjoyable round of golf when you can, uh, when you can play and, and enjoy what you're doing and not feel like it's killing you every, every single shot. My dad, my dad often said that the golf course that he won the masters on in 1970s was definitely not the same golf course in the eighties and nineties. And then it even got worse, you know, when they lengthened it further in the two thousands. So, um, it was a golf course that that he didn't enjoy playing in his in his later life, like you said, when he was 70 years of age. Um, but it was a golf course that he enjoyed playing when he was younger, when he was in in his uh, 30s and 40s and that kind of thing. So um, that's another, you know, he was often asked his two favorite golf courses, he would say Augusta national and he would say Cypress point Cypress point case in point was a golf is a golf course there in the Monterey peninsula that's on the ocean. Um, and it's a golf course. That's not very, that's not very long as, as in today's standards, uh, two holes, the ninth hole and the 10th hole, both were holes that were, uh, strategic type type of holes that were short 300 yard par fours. And, uh, you know, he would hit a, a forward off the tee and hit a wedge into the green, um, where in, in today's game, guys would just light up a driver, you know, so to speak. But it, it, when you talk about length and when you talk about, um, a shorter golf course, um, I think a golf, a shorter golf course is a lot more fun to play something you can, uh, that you can hit irons off the tees. Like you said, you can hit rescues off the tees or fairway woods off the tees. Or if you want to challenge the golf course a little bit, you can hit driver and, and, and hit those 30 and 40 yard short shots. So, um, I, I think I would have more fun traditionally, uh, especially getting older. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I feel a shorter you. golf course. Yeah. No so doubt about I, look, it. I think that's something that the USGA has to consider. And I think they do consider that 90% of us probably don't need the ball rolled back. Yes. Distance is not too much for 90% of us, which again, opens up that bifurcation discussion. And I think honestly, that makes more sense to me than a complete rollback of technology because this game is already for 90% of us. It's, too hard. 
it's not too easy. It's too hard. And there are times, sure, Cameron Champ can go out and make it look easy at times, but not every week. Not even the best players in the world make it look easy every single week. Hey, coming up next, Jeff Rude joins the conversation, then Byron Nelson right here, hour number two, the back nine of Real Golf Radio. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with the new arrivals from Cleveland Golf. Turbocharge your game with the new Cleveland Launcher HB Turbo Driver that delivers more speed for higher, longer, and straighter drives. And the Launcher HP Turbo Irons, which deliver maximum forgiveness, higher trajectory, and increased ball speed for more accurate and longer shots. And the Launcher UHX Irons deliver the perfect blend of distance and accuracy. Let us help you get custom fit for free today at Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers, even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts. No more solution. No no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. There was no pain. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. 
Welcome back to Real Golf Radio. It's Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us here as usual and uh, really excited to bring on our next guest. He's a guy that's been a friend of ours for a long time since we've been doing this show uh, way back in the day. And, you know, I remember the first time when I was reading his stuff and, uh, you know, he had his column and, uh, you know, hate to be rude and all that kind of stuff. And he kind of came off as intimidating and big, tall guy and, you know, had a stogie in his mouth a lot of times. Just kind of kind of ruled the press room a little bit. Maybe, you know, wanted to intimidate <laughs> some younger guys like uh, like me that were trying to get into the biz. But, you know, when you get to know him, he yeah, sure, he, he's got a little uh, edge to him. But he's, he's a big softie is what he is and uh, actually turned out to be a really good friend of mine and really appreciate the association. Pleased to welcome back our good friend. Uh, you can catch him on Morning Read now. He d- uh, does a column that uh, does a column for morning read as well as his hawk and rude podcast he covered over 100 majors in his career including 82 in a row he's one of the legendary golf writers jeff rude hey jeff how are you man well i'm great at least you didn't say you read me when you were a kid so i'm, <laughs> I, I'm thankful for that no I, well I, you know what looking back on it i was kind of a kid i was 26 years old when bob and i took this journey and uh, it's pretty pretty crazy how far it's come. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do remember that. I remember following you and, and uh, seeing you in press rooms. And, you know, you guys would kind of give us a look. And Sal Johnson and some of these guys, like, uh, well, who do these guys think they are? What what they think they can do radio and be in the same building as, as us? And, uh, you know what? But but that's the thing is, I, you know, you guys were real journalists. You know, you, you came under that cloth and went through that, that kind of time and era. And I, I've never, ever profess to be a journalist. I think that's a different level. I've, I've said often that, you know, we cover the game. We're more entertainment in, in maybe insightful in some ways, but try to promote and love the game. But uh, what you guys did, I mean, and have done for so long, I admire and respect. Well, I tell you what, I couldn't be more, uh, well, first of all, hats off to you guys for uh, 20 years of, of doing great work uh, on your show. And I couldn't be more grateful for the run that I've had. Uh, you know, my timing was just about perfect. The, the, as we were talking before we uh, came on the air, the, the meat golf media landscape has changed drastically with, uh, you know, uh, newspapers not having golf writers and, and magazines going under and not translating to the, to the internet and, you know, not, not people not traveling to events as much as uh, before. So, uh, I couldn't be, you know, I, I, I mean, I've, I've had a glorious ride and I'm, I'm beyond grateful for it. You know, we've been able to do some really fun things in the game of golf. You know, we, we remember the years of, of going to Morocco for the Santu trophy and, and, and all that kind of thing. It's, uh, like you said, it's been a great ride so far. Yeah. You know, one of, one of my great memories of, of, uh, I, I went to Morocco twice, but one, the first time I went, uh, in the late nineties, I just remember sitting down in Morocco talking with your dad, uh, uh, the legend, Billy Casper. And, um, uh, who's been one of my favorite people in, in, in golf. Um, and that was a joy. And, and, and another memory I have of, uh, of your dad, the year at Augusta when, uh, uh, VJ and Phil, uh, VJ played behind Phil and, and VJ thought <laughs> Phil was scraping up the greens with his spikes and, and they almost got into it in the champions locker room. So I was scrambling around for eyewitnesses to see who, uh, to see who might've seen that. And, uh, I saw your dad up by the clubhouse and I said, did you see any of that? He goes, yeah, I was sitting right there. He goes, I got a little tense. He goes, I thought I might have to spring into action, um, and break <laughs> him up. 
Yeah, I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if Billy's ever done any springing. I'm not sure spring <laughs> is right in his vocabulary. But well, wait, it's funny, second, Brian. If we're out on a fishing boat and there's a jig strike for tuna, my dad springs into action. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say if we're on a tuna boat and uh, a young, uh, uh, un, with no young fisherman with no sea legs gets sick, he springs into action because he did stay up all night that time on the tuna boat, making sure I didn't fall overboard puking. So yep. I, I do, I do yeah. give him hats off to that one. You know, I, I did a, I did a, uh, hate to be rude video with, with Billy, uh, more than one, but one in particular, I remember I said, you're one of the greatest putters of all time. Give me a putting lesson. And, and he said, I always look at the front of the ball. That way you're, you're accelerating through. And years later I was playing in Pinehurst. It was after the, uh, I think it was the day after the 2014 U S open there. And, uh, I'm playing with a, a, a guy who was a member at a club across town, um, Forest Creek. And uh, he said, yeah, I putt. Uh, uh, he goes, I look at the front of the ball when I putt. I go, where'd you get that from? He goes, I got it from you and Billy Casper. I go, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so somebody was watching. Jeff Rude joining us here on Real Golf Radio. You, you, you talk about these 100-plus majors you've covered, all the great stories that you've been involved with. As you look back on it, what stands out? I mean, you talk about the cool thing with, with Bob's dad, and I certainly treasured the time I got to spend with him. But you, you were there, sat down with, with all of the legends. What are some of the ones that you still just kind of go, you know what, that was really cool? Well, the, I think I had the last interview with Ben Hogan. So that was, uh, I've, I've written about this over the years. That was, that, was, that was interesting. It was in early 1992. He had not done many interviews. It was the year that Hogan and, and Byron Nelson were, were and Sneed, Sam Sneed, uh, returning 80. And I was at the Dallas Morning News, and Hogan uh, agreed to do an interview. So, and uh, so I went over to Fort Worth, went to his office, uh, made sure I told him I was playing Hogan Irons when I walked in. He seemed to like <laughs> that. And, and uh, um, you know, the first question I asked him was, uh, you know, what does a guy like you has everything want for his 80th birthday? He looked at me for eight seconds, shook his head, and said. I can't answer that question. And, uh, you know, and keep in mind, I stayed up late and talked to a lot of people to come up with this brilliant list of questions. Second question I asked him, uh, I said, uh, you know, you turn, uh, you, you've accomplished so much in the game. What, what accomplishment, what achievement means the most to you? He looks at me for eight seconds, shakes his head. And I said, I can't answer that question either. <laughs> um, and the third question was, well, do you, I know hitting, hitting a golf ball was your favorite thing in life. Do you still go out to Shady Oaks and, and hit balls? What's your relationship with hitting a golf ball these days? And he looked at me for, uh, uh, he said, well, I've, I've, I've played uh, very little golf since the wreck. And I was probably sitting 20 feet he was behind his desk, and I was sitting 20 feet in front of him. I scooted my chair, and I looked him in the eye, and I said, now, Ben, are we talking about the wreck in 1949, or is there one that I missed recently? He goes, no, the one in 1949. Now, I looked down at my notebook. There was nothing on my notebook except the sweat dripping from my forehead. <laughs> he, had, he, 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 he granted 15 minutes, and, I, and the sands of the hourglass were speeding through. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there you know, sweating like Albert Brooks in broadcast news, Niagara Falls. I mean, I'm just, you know, I got 15 minutes with Hogan and I just burned about two. And, uh, and, and it was a guardian angel moment in my life. Guardian angel landed on my shoulder. And for whatever reason, uh, I stopped looking at my brilliant list of questions and said, uh, just kind of threw up my arms and said, well, do you miss hitting balls? 
and all of a sudden the, the heavens opened and the neon lit up and, and the guy couldn't get to talk, couldn't stop talking. Oh, did I ever, do I miss hitting balls? Yeah, it was the, it was my life. It was the, I would go out there and prove and disprove and there was never enough daylight and I'd be in my hotel room chipping balls up against the, a chair and uh, thump, thump, and the front desk clerk called and said, Mr. Hogan, stop all that thumping. You're waking up your neighbors. And he went on and on about, uh, you know, his, his, uh, and, and I, I was such a dummy that I didn't, that the lesson didn't strike me until probably a year later that no matter who you're interviewing, make sure you, you talk to them about their passion. Um, yeah. if you're interviewing, uh, you know, Donald Trump, ask him what about the shiny skyscrapers, uh, turns them on. If you're interviewing, um, you know, Amalda Marcos better ask her, what about high heels turns around and, and, and Hugh Hefner, what about 24 year old blonde turns him on and, <laughs> and, and so forth. I mean, you, you better go to the passion and when you do, and I think that's one of the reasons I had a decent relationship with DJ Singh because I would, uh, you know, I'd go up on the range and say, Hey, big daddy, what are you working on? And he, he liked talking about his craft. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Um, you're talking about Ben Hogan. We had a chance to sit down with Sam Snead um, early on and talk with him about uh, about his career. And uh, Brian asked him the question about that year when he went 18 times. And he goes you're talking about Byron, no, though, not Sam yeah, Byron, not Byron Nelson. Yeah. yeah sorry. Not Sam Snead. And, and he goes, let me take you back to the year before. And 35 minutes later, we uh, we had this great interview at, that we still replay to this day of uh, of Byron Nelson and that year that he won 18 times. Yeah, what a, what a beautiful man. I was I was very fortunate as the golf writer in Dallas where he lived to be, become a friend of his and to spend uh, you know a fair amount of time with him. And, and that year, I was the golf writer there in 95, the 50, 50th anniversary of the streak. And I remember we sat down at the Four Seasons, uh, TPC Las Colinas in the clubhouse, and you know we were going to go through all 11 straight. Um, and his memory was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things he said was, you know, he said, you know, it's a bigger deal now than it was when I was actually doing it. And, and a few months later, uh, they brought in, uh, people from the 11 clubs where he won the 11 straight and a pro and, and three or four amateurs and, and, uh, Judd McSpadden, who was Byron's closest friend on tour, they were the Goldust twins, uh, told me that, he said when Byron was winning 11 in a row, he didn't even know what was going on. And that he was his closest friend. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I think in, in 95, the 11 in a row probably was a bigger deal than it was in 45. Yeah. It's, and he kind of alluded to that to us uh, at the time, right? That, uh, people weren't really paying attention until he got, you know, like what, seven, eight in a row or something know, like that. Something like that. Yeah. He, nobody even asked him about it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty interesting. Hey, uh, what's your Jeff Rude joining us, by the way, right here on real golf radio. What, what's your current, uh, take on, on, on the game today? What, what, what kind of, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, having seen so much and, uh, you know, you've mentioned some of the greats that you've been able to talk about. What, what about today? What about, you know, you got Brooks Kepka doing his thing and, you know, how, how long can he be dominant? Because just a couple of years ago, it looked like Jordan Spieth was going to be that guy. And, you know, Tiger's bouncing in and out of here a little bit. Uh, what, what's your kind of take on, on on the way the game is right now? And does it get you as excited as some of the times of the past? 
It does. Yeah, I, I think the game's in good hands. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Matt Royer McElroy's 30 and Kepka's 29. And get all those kids from the high school class of 2011 with Justin Thomas and Spieth. And, and uh, uh, the game uh, seems to be uh, getting younger. I mean, uh, you know what? Matthew Wolf won at 20 yeah. and, and uh, Horikama won. And, and Victor Hovland looks like a world beater. And the kid from Chile was, uh, Neiman was, is what, 20 when he won. And yep. um, I mean, since July 4th, a bunch of kids, you know, 20, 21, 22 have won. Uh, and then, you know, Cameron Champ won again, uh, you know, about a year after he uh, won as a rookie. And he carries it, what? 350 in the air, right. you know, hits his eight, eight iron, 200 yards. So, um, no, the game, and then, and then you've got, you know, uh, and then you have the sidebar of, you know, what, what's Tiger going to do? And we, we saw that perfect storm where he won the masters, uh, this year. And, and now the question is what, what's, what does he have left in the tank? So there's, there's that too. So no, the game's good. And it's probably never been a better time to play the game. Uh, green fees are lower because of, you know, the, the golf nows of the world and the, you know, you can buy equipment cheaper. And, um, so I think for the consumer, it's great. And I think for the golf fan, it's great. I think, I think that the, and we were talking about this before we went on the air, uh, you know, one of the, and I, and I don't know if the powers that be really comprehend this, the PGA of America, the tour and, and, and USGA and so forth, the storytelling will never be this what it used to be. You know, we're, we're out of the golden age of journalism, you know, with magazines and newspapers and every newspaper used to have a, a golf writer and so forth. And so I think the fabric of the game, the fabric of the game, you know, the, the, where the, the local newspaper would have stories about the touring pros in their town or, yeah. you know, or, or big golf events in the town. And, and so uh, that saddens me and what's happened to the media landscape saddens me. Um, and, but I go back to being grateful for the ride that I had. My timing is just about perfect. Yeah. Jeff yeah. Root, our guest. Sorry, good, Bob. No, go ahead. Jeff Root, our guest here on Real Golf Radio. So uh, talk about well, where we can find you now. And for those that are listening, that are fans, where, where, where can we get more Jeff Root? Well, you can find me on the first tee at the Orange Street Golf Club every morning about 1045. I like uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, morning, yeah, morning read. We, uh, John Hawkins and I do a Friday column, a little short column. We ask a question and each of us give our take and, and then we do our podcast, which is on morning read. And it's also on iTunes. And, uh, you know, we've had, uh, uh, you know, in the slower part of the year, like, like now the fall season, we have more guests on. We had Lee Trevino on recently who knocked it out of the ballpark. We had Dewey Tomko on who's played for more than a million dollars a hole, uh, the legendary, uh, uh, poker player and, 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 and gambler. And, uh, some of his stories were, uh, were amazing. I would, I would, uh, I would suggest your readers maybe go listen to that because, uh, hang on to your hat. It's unbelievable. <laughs> some of his stories. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, you do a great job and, uh, we appreciate always the opportunity to visit with you and miss seeing you out there. I, we're not out as much as we used to, but, uh, sometimes we, we catch up to you. Sometimes we don't. So anyway, always a pleasure to have you on the show, Jeff, really appreciate it. And hopefully I'll catch you at 1045 on orange tree. One of these days, <laughs> you guys can be my guest anytime you're in Orlando. All right, so. I look forward to that. Hey, thanks, thanks so much, Jeff. All right, guys. Thanks. You got it. Jeff Rue joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. Short break. More of the show coming up next.
This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers, even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts. No more solution. No more glasses. Instantly, I could see. There was no pain. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. And here's Ricky on 12. What a comeback it's been for him today. Pin placement is a little tricky. We're seeing something. Uh, something is getting closer. Holy. <clears throat> and that'll cost him. It can be dangerous to drive while distracted. Yet at any daytime moment, almost 660,000 drivers across the country are using electronic devices while they drive. Join me and commit to always driving distraction-free. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shadow Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. Callaway's new Apex Irons redefine players' irons. Unmatched feel, distance, and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Apex Irons are the ultimate forged players' distance iron. Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance, unmatched feel, and will get every golfer's attention. Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch, trajectory, and delivers tremendous control. See perfection in every shot with the new Apex at your local golf retailer or visit CallawayGolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. Welcome back to Real Golf Radio, presented by Callaway Golf. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Jeff Rude and his conversation there. And again, got a little nostalgic, and it reminded us, you know, of our conversation with Byron Nelson. We wanted to bring that back for you. It's been 20 years since we've been doing Real Golf Radio. This is our all-time favorite interview that we were able to do and we've condensed it down to about 13 minutes when he takes us through some really neat stuff here's lord byron nelson shortly before his passing i started caddying at Lynn garden country club at fort worth when i was 13 and uh, i liked the game from the very start i never i'd been a country boy and my people my people were farmers and uh, when we moved to town i'd never heard the name of golf see golf was all golf was very small in those days and uh, I'd never heard the name of golf and found some of my friends had an extra dime a quarter to spin, which you didn't have those days and times was to to just go out and spin. And uh, so I found out they had them, and I found out 
that they had in Lid Garden, so I went over, got my name on the list, and they had more cats then than did uh, did players. <laughs> but I loved it right from the start. Well, that's tremendous. Obviously, uh, it loved you as well. And, you know, in 1945, I alluded to it a minute ago, you won 11 straight tournaments and 18 times that year. Can you describe your attitude or your frame of mind during that time and that year? Well, let me break you up just a little bit ahead of that. I had a good year in 44. I, I think there's 22 tournaments or something like that or more, and I won eight. Wow. Okay, and I finished well in my I, I don't think I ever finished worse than 10th or the, all year. And then so uh, I found out doing the inventory of what I did in 1944. Uh-huh. And there wasn't anything there very serious about it, think, except for going through that I found careless shot, more than uh, careless shot, careless shot. Not pro, not all the time, but more than any other one thing, and chip poorly, chip poorly. And that was the only question in the whole year about the way I played. <laughs> right. So I made, an, I made my New Year's resolution uh, from D.C. The, the last one, the 18th that year, was at Glen Garden, where I'd started as a caddy, mm. called Fort Worth Open. And it was two weeks before Christmas. So <clears throat> the weather was cold, the greens frozen, a few things like <laughs> that. But anyway, uh, so uh, I made up my mind then, from then to the time I went to California, that <clears throat> I was not I was not going to play a careless shot, and I was going to work on my chipping a little bit. Right. All right. That's what led into 45. Wow. In 44, I'd, I shot, I'd average the lowest score. 69.67, there was a record at that time. And now that in 45 then, the total for the year was 68.33. So that's a stroke and a third per round. It don't sound like much, but that's five for a tournament. That's huge, and, yeah. And you're playing, you're playing well, why you're going to beat somebody when you yep. do that. You bet. So that's, that started my year. My game was such, I was playing very comfortably. I wasn't particularly working on anything in my game except being careful about uh, not rushing. I'm not, I'm not talking about in the swing. I mean, getting in a hurry, walk right. too fast and so forth. So uh, uh, I just played very easily, very methodically, and very. I, had, I developed a great rhythm early in the year. Of course, my rhythm was always pretty good, but I developed a great rhythm in thinking that way, and that's why I was... I played so consistently. You know, back to about the winning that many and what it was, what it was. You know, when I when I won fifth in a row, why there's a little piece about one paragraph in the papers hmm. about the fact that nobody had won over four, so I won five. Now it didn't bother me. I wasn't playing to win another tournament. I was playing hole by hole, by shot by shot, by tournament by tournament, and that schooled myself on that. And I didn't say, well, I won 60, I got a win 70, or I won 8, can I win 8. And there was very little said about it until the PGA at 45 at Moraine and Dayton. That was a major tournament. I tied for the medalist at 67, uh, which on Revolta. And uh, so then I had some very good and very difficult matches at a great field. And I finally won, I finally won that tournament by beating uh, Sam in the finals. Right. Normally, if you could, I know you can't even believe this, Bob. There were so little press people, one or two, sometimes or three. The first time I won the Masters, I was really interviewed 
once. That was by O.B. Keeler from the Atlanta Journal. Huh. And then, of course, he has covered for Associated Press. Right. Well, when when I won that, there was six press for the PGA Championship. And so when I, after I finished, I had many things written about in the paper and things. And when I finished, I'd won the tournament. Then, of course, the next I went to the interview room and uh, the six men and I interviewed with them. And they said, you know, this is the ninth tournament you won in a row. And I said, I'm glad you guys know it. I nobody else knew so much. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, we laughed about it and stuff. So they wrote quite a bit about it. And that's when they started about the in a row thing. Right. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, it was just, it, it never did become a bother till I began getting tired along about the 12th of what I lost. That, of course, Freddie Haas beat me. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he and I had a conversation over the telephone just a few months ago, and uh, we were talking about something, business work, talking about that. He ended up saying, you remember that term with you? Uh, remember Memphis? And I said, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and and he's, I was paired with him the last round. But being tired with him and him leading me four shots, got my uh, adrenaline going again, and, and I, I just about caught him, and then I... Hit, hit the pin and the bounce off the ditch and stuff, or t- water, whatever it was, at the 12th hole. And uh, uh, I made a double bogey. And so that put him back to four. Sure. And he said, if if you had hit that flagstick on that hole, said, I, I you people not know him, but I, I, you'd about had to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell you that now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Byron, tell me what your motivation was that year. I know that you had kept a diary and, and were, were checking on the money that – and that's documented the money that you made. But well, weren't you trying to weren't you trying to buy a farm or a ranch or something? Yes, I was. I'm sitting here right right now. I'm the same place I bought. Wow. At Road Oak, Texas. I uh, I had raised the country. I liked the country. I didn't uh, I didn't mind the cities. I don't mean that. But I wanted to be out. So, but my my thought was this: I wanted to win more tournaments than anybody. I won in a row, but yet I did not focus on that. I really focused on each course, each tournament, each stroke, a whole of time. I learned to do that early in my career because I started, like a lot of young players do, thinking too much ahead of time. Right. And uh, by the time that time comes, why, you're already lost. But uh, my swing was very comfortable, and uh, I just had a desire to win every important tournament in the United States at least once including all majors. Those were my goals. Also, my main goal was to make extra money to buy and pay for this place because even my total that year, as good as it was, as great as it was, I made $52,000. Wow. And yeah, it doesn't seem possible, does it? Wow. But I had goals earlier. I wanted to become uh, a prominent player. I won, Number one I wanted to do was to be a decent sort of man. I wanted. To, I was a Christian. I, I raised in the Church of Christ by my wonderful parents, and I have continued to do that. And I think because of the actions that I made and the things that I have not done, have allowed me to uh, be to, to have the respect of the, not only the golfers but of the people that I have today. Absolutely. Lord Byron Nelson, our guest, tell us about your decision to leave the game at such an early age. Seems like you were right in your prime and, and decided to walk away. Not many guys can do that. Well, I don't think they can, but the thing that, you know, the other thing that I didn't, I hadn't said for you, I was really still was not making much money then at all, and I wanted to do some other things. I wanted to get into other, other, some other ways. 
I had desires, almost a desire to be an account executive uh-huh. and stuff like that. But, of course, I didn't have enough education. I only went to the ninth grade, and I had no background in that. So uh, I started then. The thing that was good, it's the best thing you ever had to me because, look, I would not have been on the television. I was the first man that's on television regularly as a commentator, mm-hmm. a, a pro commentator. I started I started reading in 1960. Right. But then I went under contract with, I did freelance, say, uh, radio and TV. Mm-hmm. And went with ABC with Rune Arledge and Chris Hinkle in 1963 under contract when Nicholas won the PGA year in Dallas at DAC. And I was with him 14 years until 1977. And uh, the thing that that did was when this started the tournament, the Dallas Open would be. You got you got some time. Oh yeah, we're fine. Go you ahead. Well, well, the Dallas Open had played one golf course, one down, one done, another golf course, and so they never had any continuity of of people who who were run the tournament. Somebody do it one year, and somebody else the next, and somebody the next. Sure. And it, it was a failure, and uh, so uh, I had, of course, left the tour now, and uh, and uh, was. Uh, doing some television work and radio work here and writing with a ghost writer in the Dallas Times-Herald. So I'd made millions of people that asked me questions, why is the Dallas Service so, oh, such a failure? And I quoted just the things I just already said to you about just what was going on. Yeah. So I said it needs to be tied to something other than the Dallas Open. It's going to have to be at some place where that they have the same continuity. You could build continuity of people that are working on the tournament. When you go to what well, you go to DAC one year, you go to Brook Hall another year, you go to uh, Lake Lakewood another year. You keep going around, and uh, there's no continuity to it. So I told them that, and so uh, the Sailorship Club that sponsored our tournament, they had been sponsoring things and raising money to work with delinquent children from 1922. So they were doing a great job of what that money they had. So in 1967, they sponsored the Dallas Open the first time in 1967, and it was at Oak Cliff Country Club. Earl Stewart was a pro there, a good player, and he won the tournament. Well, uh, I had been, now I've built a Preston Trail with the great architect Ralph Plummer, and it was a good golf course. And so in about... Uh, Couple of three months after the tournament, why one day W.L. Todd and Phoenix McKnight and three other men, but W.L. Todd and Phoenix called me uh, from Dallas and said, Byron, yes, yeah, told me, hey, we got something we want to talk to you about. We know you're home. We want to see you right now. We're on our way, okay? <laughs> I said, sure. So they came out, pulled up, and came in and sat down, and we started talking. And they said, you know, Preston Trail, you hit Bill Preston Trail, it's a good golf course. And so forth, we talked about that and so forth. And then they said, uh, we've been talking to them about playing the Dallas Open there all the time. And I said, oh, well, that's great, because it's a good golf course, and it'd be one one golf course, and it's a, uh, said, the only thing about it, it's a bend on the golf course. So they said, there's one other, one other thing we have to have, and uh, we want call it the Byron Nelson Classic. So that's how it came about. So I was just flabbergasted. I was honored <laughs> so I could hardly speak. 
So that's the way the tournament started. Wow. In the fall of 67, when they made the announcement, they had, they had a big party downtown Dallas. And governor Conley was there, who was a great governor, a man that got shot along with Kennedy did. Uh, Hogan was there. Demerit was there. My mother was there. First time she'd ever been to one of those parties. Sammy Davis and <laughs> Lynn Camel were the wow. entertainers. Wow. How about that? So they really kicked it off. And I tell you, we make, our tournament makes 10% of all the tour money on charity. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Byron Nelson from back in the day, our all-time favorite interview in 20 years of doing Real Golf Radio. We'll continue next. Thanks for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried and Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Tee it up at Uinta Golf with the new fall arrivals from Mizuno. Discover layers of feel with the new MP20 range. The MP20 is the ultimate muscle back. The MP20 MMC uses multi-material construction for legendary feel and performance. And the MP20 HMB is a playable set of hollow tungsten-enhanced irons for many skill levels. Let us help you get custom fit for free today. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shano Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now or check it out at OGO.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. Special thanks to Jeff Rude joining us here on the back nine, hour number two, and then hope you enjoyed 
that conversation with Byron Nelson. Wow, that's fun. Uh, sure miss that guy. What a great guy. And yet, you know, listening to Jeff, you you remember that as nice of a guy as he is, he still had that competitive fire in him. That still burned in him, especially against his rival, Ben Hogan, huh? Yeah, that was pretty fun to listen to those stories by both those guys, um, especially Lord Byron Nelson. I, I, I love that interview. It was one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, hope you enjoyed it as well. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at Real Golf. Love to have you join the conversation and be part of a, the, our, our family as well there, at Real Golf on Twitter. That'll do it for us. Again, thanks to the caddy who joined us in hour number one as well. For our producer, Dave Glauser and Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. We'll see you next week, and thanks for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real.